Welcome back to Cthulhu Light Show, your one-stop shop for nerd news you've already heard and opinions you don't need. On today's episode, we'll be discussing some news, and then we're going to give our thoughts and feelings about Sonic the Hedgehog and Birds of Prey. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Dakota. And this feels weird. Yeah, I did the intro, guys. So... Thank you, thank you. That was really good. Thank you. I liked it. Thank you. So, do you want to just get right into the news? Might as well. That's kind of how this thing works. Yeah, it sure is. Okay, so our first bit of news, we're kind of following up on something we talked about in our very first episode, which is Castlevania Season 3 has officially been finally announced. It was expected to drop in, like, October, because usually it's like a Halloween release, you know? Um, but it's, it, it, you know... Nothing was heard from it for a long time. I think in our first episode we said it's finally coming, but we were wrong. It's supposed to be now coming March 5th. Um, There is a trailer. We're not going to get super into it. Dakota's never seen Castlevania, although we will watch it when it comes out, I think. Yeah, I'll have to sign up for Netflix or... uh, We can binge it here, probably. Find some way to to watch this programming on Netflix. Some completely legal way to watch it on Netflix. For sure. That I pay for with my money. On Netflix. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a trailer. It's, it looks pretty cool. I'm, I've been pretty pleased with the show, and I, I recommend it to anybody who's uh, like looking for a good bit of like animated action fun. And I was impressed by the, uh, by the trailer. Yeah. Just like, I, like you said, I, I haven't watched any of Castlevania Season 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. Really, the first thing that I've seen was that trailer for season three, and I it looked beautiful. I thought it looked great. Yeah, the animation is one of the strongest points of the show. I think that and the show is quite short. Like season one is four episodes, season two is eight. That's it. Yeah, I think season two should be shorter. Honestly, there's kind of some filler in it, but uh, when it's good, it's great, and I'm excited for season three. But we'll talk about that more, you know, sometime relatively soon. March March fifth. Is not that far away. It's February 18th as we record this. So, so why don't you tell us about our, our next crazy uh, news story? All right, so this one is a little less fun. It's not anything that we talked about in episode one. Um, so, uh, according to CNET.com, uh, Nintendo is reportedly saying that the coronavirus is impacting uh, Nintendo Switch production, which, uh, you know, they, they had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but... Seriously, though, uh, Nintendo CEO Shuntaro Furukawa said in a news briefing on Thursday that uh, Switch production in China is, quote, seeing some impact from the coronavirus. Yeah, essentially, um, and you're going to have to forgive this bit of information because I fucking pulled it off Reddit like a good researcher, but supposedly there's limited supply chains coming out of China, which then affects the output in assembly in Vietnam, which is where most U.S. consoles are made, so... It's having, like, kind of a ripple effect. Once again, it's all China's fault. <laughs> I don't think you could really blame them, but, yeah. They've still sold 52 million units to date, which is, like, better than a lot of their systems. We already uh, talked about that. Yeah, but in depth. They're, yeah. they're, they're doing great. Uh, if this had happened during the Wii U's run, they probably would have fucked them over a little bit, but, yeah, like, they're going to be just fine. I would also say, of all the times of the year for this to happen, this is probably the best time of the year for this to happen, in fucking February, like, if this was happening closer to Christmas time, that might be a real, like, point of concern, because oh, yeah. that would have, a, like, a dent on the the numbers for the Switch's entire lifetime would be always less than they could have been, but 
Do you, do you think this will really have a serious impact in the long run? I saw some people, t like, talking about, like, a Switch shortage, but... That seems disingenuous. Like, the Nintendo Switch has been selling just fine. February is a pretty lax time for any anything, really, with your, your video games, uh, movies. Nudge, mm. nudge, that's yeah. a wink. Yep. Um, it, it, I don't really see this affecting too much on the lifetime sales of the Switch. Yeah, I, I think it's probably an exaggeration. Um, and, like, the Furukawa didn't really elaborate. He pretty much just said, yeah, it's affecting it. And that was, like, it. So, for all we know, they're sweating, but I think it's probably nothing. Um, so, in other news, you know those Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games games that have been coming out since the Wii, I think? I've heard of them. Yes. Uh, Sonic at the Olympic Games is coming out in May. Wait, what happened to Mario? He got the fucking boot, dude. The fucking pointy red... Did he get caught with, like, performance-enhancing drugs? Did <laughs> yeah, Mario the fail a drug? The oh, my God! Yeah, the mushrooms, man. He failed a drug test. Uh, what are the fucking... The soaps. Mar or, uh, Mario got the got the soaps. He got, you know, Sonic's shoes. Soaps. Oh, yeah! That you can grind rails on. Do you remember those fucking things? No, I don't. They're, they're a collectible item in Sonic Adventure. Okay. Should we look up fucking... Si no, it's not worth it. <laughs> anyway... Um, Dakota and I, when we first saw this, immediately were like, oh my god, what happened to Mario? Like, you literally just saw happen, or heard happen. Uh, but this is just a mobile app. So supposedly, there is a mobile app coming out in May to promote the release of the actual Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games a little bit later in the year. Do you think that there's going to be, like, a Mario at the Olympic Games app? Or well, is it just going to be Sonic? Probably not. This feels like it's, it's a mostly Sega <coughs> thing. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting step in games advertisement. Yeah. Using games to promote games. Yeah. And Sega's getting in, in the in the app game, which you know Nintendo's been in there for a little bit now. But I wonder if we'll see any more Sega apps coming, um, in the future. There's supposed to be I was something like fifteen, actual events you could play, and then mini games within them. Uh, karate, table tennis, hammer throw, diving, sport climbing, long jump, and more. Is hammer throw? That sounds like a Mario relic. Hammer throw? Yeah. Um. I'm gonna assume that's not an actual fucking Olympic event, but I I really do not know. That could be talking about uh, uh that shot put. Yeah. Never mind. You can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Doctor Eggman, and more. Well, what about Shadow? I do not know. You can't have that gun-toting maniac in your Sonic app game. Damn, I didn't get a gold medal. <laughs> Damn, not here. <laughs> oh, that, that fucking soundbite is burned in my brain from my childhood. So, Nintendo is finally announcing something about Animal Crossing New Horizons. There's a whole 25-minute Nintendo Direct that's going to drop the day we drop this podcast, so unfortunately... Maybe the day after, I think. Maybe. It drops the 20th. Oh, no, you're right. You're and right. Yeah, it'll go up on... It, it's Thursday the 20th. Yeah. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll already be out, and I'll probably lost my shit on Twitter about it. Yeah. But we will talk about it uh, for the next episode. Yeah, we will definitely cover it. It's just how these things go. Unfortunately, we don't really have more to say about it at this point, but 
something is getting announced. It's probably just going to be a closer look at the game, don't you think? Yeah, it'd just be like, uh, the new things you can do on the island and what you can design. Yeah. I think they have yards now, which there, is cool. We've also seen some leaks of certain like new villagers, like lizard villagers and stuff that I bet they'll show off. So fucking excited I, for that. I love that little bearded dragon Give guy. Give me that goddamn bearded dragon. I want to see him eat a worm villager. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> Give me worm villagers. <laughs> grub worm villager. Grub worm villager. Grub uh, worm villager. That is the fucked up thing, though, about Animal Crossing is like, you can have octopus villagers, you can have frog villagers, you can catch both of those things with a fishing rod, which is fucked up in of itself. But there's no bug villagers. No, there's not. You, there's... Have, you have some, like, water-based villagers, but no bug villagers. Yeah, where's my grub bug villager? Probably because they would look horrific if they were blown up. That's like, <laughs> like, even a butterfly would be horrifying. That's very true. Yeah. Have a fucking butterfly villager that you have to, like, beat away from your petunias or whatever, because they keep... Get out of here, you're stepping in the flowers. <laughs> Anyway. Stay on the trail! Well, wait, trails are a thing, too, which is awesome. Yeah. Because in, like, in, like, New Leaf, they were just, like, uh, like, not sprays, but, like, uh, templates you can just drop on the ground. Well, in, in older games, particularly the DS one, I remember there was, like, running tracks, which really pissed people off. Like, if you ran too much, you would actually wear away the grass in your town. So there would be little dirt paths everywhere you ran regularly. Oh, and it was annoying because all it did was incentivize you to play the game more slowly, but, like, not, like, I think it just made it more frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, this is not an Animal Crossing episode, so. That's next month. Yes. Um, so why don't we get into our actual topic? Um, I vote we start with Birds of Prey because we literally just saw this a few hours ago. Um, like, two hours ago we got back from it. Um, so, uh, speaking of episode one... Here's our uh, Red Letter Media reference. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God. Half in the bag. Fuck movies. <laughs> that was pretty fucking cringy, that and was... it'll probably get cut in editing, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you'll, you think. <laughs> you'll listen to this later and go, what was I thinking? That's most of these podcast episodes. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Brian and I just got back, as of a couple hours ago, from seeing Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Depending whatever, on... Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They renamed it recently. As if that was, like, what was keeping people out of the theaters. Yeah, and not, you know, DC's track record on, on movies. And the Suicide Squad and everything, yeah. Which, I saw that movie twice. You sure did. I saw it once with some other friends of mine and I saw it again with Brian because Brian wanted to see it and he didn't want to go alone. True. So what what was your general impression of Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn? First of all, that's a fucking mouthful. It is. Um, I get what they were going for but probably not the best move. Yeah. Second of all, I wasn't super excited for it, I'll be honest, um, because... You know, Suicide Squad wasn't uh, the movie it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of the same beats that happen in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say the same beats. A lot of the same aesthetic. Yeah, they definitely... They, it's weird because... And by the way, I should say up front, like... We're, we're going to discuss spoilers pretty freely throughout this, so like... Oh, you wanted to get into spoilers already? I mean... Mike, I mean Brian? I mean, I think, like, might as well... 
Nobody right. fucking saw this movie anyway. That's fair. Um, that's like if you if you're if you don't want the spoilers, you know, be warned. But this movie's weird because it simultaneously distances itself from Suicide Squad as much as possible, but still like keeps the aesthetic going to a certain extent. Although I think it's a little less grungy and a little more like bright and like fun. Yeah. They, they really hammered in that bright and fun aesthetic. Yeah, something I was I to that point like this is the least Gotham-y Gotham has ever felt. Most of the movie I forgot it was set in Gotham because it's like bright and sunny most of the time. Yeah, it feels like an actual town. Yeah, yeah. Instead of a purgatory. Yeah, some fucking hell place that fucking suffering rich orphans are sent to beat out their problems. Yeah. <laughs> beat out. <laughs> and that's about that's about the humor you're gonna get with this movie as well. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. So Brian, what is it about Birds of Prey that made it a Birds of Prey movie? Almost nothing. They really should have just called it Harley Quinn, uh, maybe Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, uh, because Harley Quinn is the focal point for the entire movie. Like some of the quote unquote Birds of Prey have plot lines that like are kind of fluttering in and out, but really they don't even like come together or have any real impact on the plot until like the climax of the whole movie yeah huntress barely shows up barely which they do reference which you know ha 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 yeah but uh harley quinn is the character you follow for the vast majority of it and even when you're getting the plot lines of the other characters a lot of times harley quinn is narrating it so, like, this absolutely was a Harley Quinn movie. It was about her learning to get over her breakup with Joker. They should have just called it Harley Quinn or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. For, like, general impressions, like, what did you like, what didn't you like, you uh, know? I didn't like it at first. I was incredibly cynical about the movie at first. Yeah. Which, uh, and this is interesting, even though, you know, uh, Brian and I actually had the, the theater to ourselves for this. Completely empty, yeah. Which shouldn't be a surprise because it's a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And so most people have, like, jobs or, like... Shit to do. Families. Yeah. And so, th so that was fun, because I could just talk as loudly as I wanted to. Yeah. And I, I tore the ass out of Birds of Prey for the first... 45 minutes. Yeah. And I could actually tell when the movie, like, around the time I thought the movie was starting to pick up, I could tell that you felt the same way because you started talking way less. But there was, like, a decent chunk of the movie where Dakota was just on his phone. Just chilling out. It was, like, it was like 10 minutes. Yeah. But still, it was, it, it, the movie didn't capture me until it got out of its own ass with its plot elements. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, overall... Um, What's up? Plot elements? I think I'm about storytelling. It's it's like a narrative device that they use. Why, why don't we just talk about it? There's this... It's like they're kind of trying to do Deadpool. That's one thing I really took away from this movie is they spent a lot of time trying to be Deadpool and it wasn't always working. It's somehow an edgier Deadpool. Yeah, but like not, not as like... Not as much of it lands as it should. Yeah. But uh, the movie starts kind of at, like, a halfway point. It really starts with, like, this animated bit that Dakota was barely... Like, Dakota left to get, like, a refill, and so there was this short animated thing that you didn't... You caught the tail end of it, I think. Um, but it was kind of unnecessary, but it was, like, telling you Harley Quinn's backstory and everything, and then 
after that we start at like the halfway point except you're led to believe that it's kind of like at the beginning but then gradually as the movie progresses you learn that like half the movies already happened and they keep making you go back to see what you've missed and then they go back forward to get back to the place the movie started at it happens many times yeah I, I, the way they did it made it feel like they're trying to portray Harley Quinn as like an unreliable narrator yeah but in the same way that that friend who tells stories takes for goddamn ever to get to the point. Yeah. This is the same thing that happens with this movie. Yeah, it's it, they're very much trying to impress upon you, like, wow, Harley Quinn is wacky and zany, and she can't tell a story in the right order, you know. Um, but it it gets fucking frustrating. It fucks with the pacing. They the movie keeps pulling you out of the movie. Yeah. To put in either more exposition or more jokes. Yes. And I would say the exact moment that the movie started to pick up was around that 30, 45 minute mark, they stopped doing that shit. It caught up completely to the present day, and the movie just started progressing in a linear fashion with less voiceover. And then it was much better. But there was still one more like flashback that they inserted, and the minute it came back, it was, I, we were both groaning. Like we said, Huntress is barely in the film, and when they do bring her in, Harley Quinn jumps in to bring us up to speed on mm-hmm. her backstory, which just pulls you right back out of the fucking movie. Yeah. And the voice acting that accompanied all that stuff just wasn't super interesting. I think voiceover is usually not a great idea. Sometimes it works really well. Like, um, Arrested Development uses voiceover pretty effectively. Oh, that, that, that's, that's like a number one example. Yeah, um, Dexter did it pretty well. Some movies pull it off, but generally, it's usually not a great idea, and uh, I think, uh, I can't remember, is there any of that in Deadpool? Deadpool saves it for the first, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Like, the way that, that Birds of Prey did it is they drug out the narration voiceover the first, like, 45 minutes. Uh-huh. Whereas Deadpool gets that shit up and over with in the first, like, five or ten. Right. And I I don't have a problem with Margot Robbie. I do think Ryan Reynolds is just, like, a little more, like, charming and charismatic. And he he sells that stuff a little bit better. They also constantly would overlay, like, text. Like, every time you would meet a new character, like, text would pop up telling you their name. And, like, what their grievance was, was with Harley Quinn. Um, a couple of those gags were funny, but I mostly felt like it was kind of like more like cringy. Isn't this movie wacky and zany? You know, it's very, very like backstory heavy. Yeah, very. Like, I can't, I can't explain enough about how much goddamn backstory is, frankly, poorly crammed into the first yeah. third of this movie. There's a lot of exposition dumping. But I think once a lot of that passes, it starts to improve. Personally, I didn't, like, love this movie. Um, I didn't like it as much as I expected to, which bummed me out, because I was consistently hearing that, you know, nobody's going to see this movie, but it is a really good movie. So I was hoping to be, like, blown away by it, and I, eh, I really wasn't. What do you think of the acting in the film, generally? The acting, for the most part, I didn't have really any issues with it. Yeah. Margot Robbie, of course, does a great job yeah. as Harley Quinn. Yeah. She's really overbearing at times, but that, that is kind of Harley Quinn's character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, overbearing almost to a fault. Yeah. But 
uh, Black Canary, Huntress, uh, I can't think of their names, I should have pulled those up, but they're actresses, they did great. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor, who I didn't yeah. realize was Ian McGregor until the credits, yeah. even though Brian told me he's in the movie. Yeah. He does fantastic as uh, Black Skull. Black Mask. Black Mask, god damn it. Yeah, yeah Ewan McGregor, uh, I think, and Margot Robbie are the highlights of the movie. There's some pretty like creepy, uncomfortable stuff with Ewan McGregor, but because there's so many characters bouncing around this movie, I didn't really feel like anybody totally got to steal the show. Um, I didn't like Victor Zaz at all. No, you didn't like him. No, okay. No, he did. He didn't work for me in the slightest. It's weird because Victor Zaz is Black Mask's henchman. Yeah. In this movie, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Because Victor Zaz is a very he's, he's a serial killer. He's you know yeah. he's a very solo kind of guy. Yeah. And it just doesn't work when he's the goddamn goon. Yeah. The uh, the stuff with Margot Robbie mostly I thought she did a great job. There were a few moments where I was like, oh, wow, she really fucking nailed that. Like, there's a there's there's a few scenes where she cries, but there was one in particular where I was like, wow, this lady's great. Um, sometimes I thought the wacky zany stuff with her didn't totally land because they crammed so much of it in. But every once in a while I was also like, oh, that's perfect. For instance, there's a scene where they're, like, going down a slide. And she's, like, cackling as she goes down the slide. I love that. I was like, oh, my God, that's Harley Quinn. Yeah. But other times I was like, oh, this is a person doing her best impression of, like, a kooky, colorful lady. You know? Yeah, you, rather... know you know who we're talking about. The people who think they're Harley Quinn. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It goes from actually being Harley Quinn to being the girl who thinks she's Harley Quinn. Yeah. But yeah, the acting overall was, you know, fine. Um, they had a, a young actor in it who was pretty good, I thought. Um, and I did pull up the cast fine. It's uh, Ella J. Basco. I didn't like her at first. Yeah. Once they, again, once they flesh out the characters, I really got to enjoy the, uh, I really got to enjoy the, uh, the whole setup. Mm-hmm. The thing that we really gotta talk about, though, which I think we are in agreement is, like, the star of this movie, is the fight choreography. Oh, my God, yes. The, it, the fight choreography is some of the tightest shit that I've seen, not just this year, but probably last year as well. Yeah, it's, the action sequences are legitimately, like, great. Um, they're very tight. Everything is, like, super well uh, choreographed. Hand-to-hand stuff can be kind of boring to watch, and it can also be kind of, like, confusing and muddled. I never felt that way watching this movie. Because um, most of the action's fairly grounded in the sense that there's not a lot of, like, superpowers or CG. Yeah. And normally, uh, action movies, like, the fight choreography is garbage. It's all jump cuts. Right. It's, like, six different angles for, like, one hand-to-hand fight. Yeah. Whereas this one kept that down, you know, every, in every fight, like, felt natural, it felt original. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah, and they were also weren't afraid to, s- to spend time on relatively few opponents. Like, it's not really until the final action sequence that a lot of guys show up. I mean, even then, it's when the whole Birds of Prey team is assembled. Usually, Harley is fighting, like, four or five guys at a time. Uh, she she does, like, storm the police station, but, like, usually only one or two guys are on screen at a time in that sequence. So, like, I don't know. I, I thought that helped make the fights feel more grounded. I also thought that it was fun that they made Harley such, like, an acrobatic fighter. Like, she's doing, like, cartwheels and handstands and somersaults and flips the entire time she's fighting. Um, and I thought that was fun, considering she's, like, 
got this weird like circus theming going on that the Joker always has. Yeah, it felt it felt right to her character. Yeah. Well, one of the funny things about Suicide Squad was when you watch it, you were like, "Why the fuck is Harley Quinn here?" There's a guy who can like shoot fire. There's a crocodile man. Why is Harley Quinn here? She has a baseball bat. <laughs> That's her whole thing. Why the fuck is she here? And, and but she like saves the day at the end. But there's no reason watching that movie you would think Harley Quinn is dangerous or capable. This movie helped me understand how Harley Quinn could be dangerous and capable. Like watching this, I was like, oh, she could probably give like Batman a run for his money from time to time. You know, because, like, oh, yeah, definitely. the Joker and Harley Quinn have to be able to do that to some extent to even work, like, as characters, like, conceptually. Um, so, I dug that. Because otherwise you end up with, like, your, uh, your counterman, stuff like that, your, your yeah. C-list. <laughs> yeah. So, it's always good to make your, your main villain an actual threat. Yes. Um, and they, they also had fun with a lot of these action sequences. Like, instead of just having Harley shooting people with a gun... There's a sequence where she has, like, a beanbag shotgun, but, like, some of the bags are full of confetti or paint or smoke or... It's, like, the fight's, like, colorful and loud and explosive without, like, tons of blood. Um, Which, don't get me wrong, just because there's that doesn't mean there's not blood. This movie, oh, yeah. this movie gets really fucking gory. How many fucking legs do you think she horribly shatters in this movie? Uh... At least four on at screen. Least, at, I think probably more. There's one guy where she breaks his leg in one direction and then sweeps back around and breaks it in the other direction. Yeah, she breaks. Yeah, she breaks one leg. She breaks the other one and then kicks the second one back. Yeah. Everybody makes fun of how uh, how many hands get cut off in Star Wars, but like a lot of fucking legs get broken. In a lot this of movie. a lot of people are crippled yes. at the end of this movie. Yeah. There's a really like cool and horrifying moment where she just jumps off a table and lands on a dude's, like, outstretched legs, like, right on the kneecaps. It, it I felt that one. That, it was it's, disgusting. Yeah. So how about the the kind of weird place this, like, this fits into the DCEU in a weird way. It, it fits into the DCEU as much as Suicide Squad does, since this is a spiritual successor. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, it is a sequel, but, like, Jared Leto's show- Joker never appears. When they show you, like, caricature depictions of the Joker, he does not look like Jared Leto's Joker. He looks like the Joker you might pull off the page of a comic book, you know? Yeah. But, uh... There's only one or two references to, um, to Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think there is a reference to the, like, acid bath scene that's in Suicide Squad, but Jared Leto's Joker is not in the scene. Yeah, you, like, see his... You might, might, might see a hand. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, um, like, uh, Harley's Daddy's Little Monster shirt makes an appearance real yes, quick. Yes, it does! I forgot about that. Um, and and the bat. Yeah. But that's really about it. Even Suicide Squad was more connected, I think, because, like, Ben Affleck appeared in that. Yeah. Um, Albeit briefly, but very briefly, he did. Yeah. Um, they were like, no, this is connected. Um, with this, they were like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Kind of like Shazam a little bit, where there were like brief little allusions to the DCEU. I think the real problem is nobody knows if there fucking is a DCEU anymore. Because Ben Affleck's gone, for sure. Yeah. And I think the Robert Pattinson movie is going to be like an Elseworlds. That, I believe, I believe it's it's not connected at all. Yeah. So... And- 
what I'm thinking, at least, is that there really is no DCEU yeah. uh, as we know it. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are still around. Um, We're getting Wonder Woman 1984. Right. So we'll, we'll see how that ties back yeah. into the main like Justice League arc, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we're still kind of waiting to see if Henry Cavill is still Superman. It seems like he's probably not. Although his recent success with Witcher might make him a little more of a, an appealing choice to DC. I don't know. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, he still has not openly said that he's done with with the franchise. But I don't think Warner Brothers is super interested in him anymore. Right. Warner Brothers has no issue replacing a character with a different actor. They really do not. Especially, like, I just wish they wouldn't make such a mess of the DCEU. I want to like the DCEU, but it's like, you're keeping some characters and you're recasting others, and, like, your new movies with new characters like Shazam are still referencing the old stuff, and you're making, like, Elseworlds movies like The Joker, and, like, how does it all fucking fit together? There's talk that the the next Superman movie they do might be Red Sun, which is like, what? What? Give, just give me a good milk toast Superman movie, man. We haven't had one of those in forever. Yeah. I mean, um, Red Sun's a good story, don't get me fantastic. wrong. Yeah, it's a good story, but questionable decision. Anyway, do you have any more thoughts on Birds of Prey? It's, once it actually gets going, it's a good movie. Um, I would say good, but it's a competent movie once it gets going. Yeah. Uh, the first, like I keep saying, the first 45 minutes are very jarring. A lot of jumping around, a lot of weird decisions. It takes a bit of time for the characters to grow on you, especially uh, Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Took me for fucking ever to get around to her. Yeah. Ewan McGregor fucking explodes on screen. Oh yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, uh, I would probably watch it again. Uh, one of the things that I said to Dakota as we were leaving the theater was that it felt like a movie that should have been made in 2008. Definitely. It, it's very stuck in that kind of lol random referential humor. Plus the, like, emo slash scene aesthetic was kind of written all over parts of that movie. Um, although there is a certain amount of the Suicide Squad aesthetic as well. The movie really is all over the place. Yeah. In in universe and outside. Yeah. I do recommend it, I think. I think just be prepared for, like, an adjustment period. It, don't go into it thinking that it's going to be what Suicide Squad should have been. Yeah. It's not going to blow your socks off. Um, but I, I don't feel cheated out of the five bucks I paid to see it. Yeah. And the 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 action sequences were, like, stupid fun. Like, way more fun than they had any right to be. Yeah, the fight choreography is easily the best part. Yeah, even in that huge, like, chaotic fight at the end, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Like, Harley's on roller skates. The the girl who has the fucking diamond in her stomach is, like, getting passed from, like, bad guy to good guy to bad guy to good guy. The only thing that I thought was so fucking weird is that you have these, like, superheroes and villains, and then you have this, like, middle-aged cop fucking killing people... And, like, being like, implicated in the murder of, like, dozens of men. Yeah, there's no... She has no qualms. No. Uh, oh, goddamn, what's her name? Uh, the character's name is, um... Renee Montoya. That's it, yeah. Yeah, Renee Montoya, for being the, the, hard, the hard-nosed the hard detective that she is... Yeah. ...has literally no qualms about murdering dozens of people. Yeah, and then at the end, she's just, like, a boss bitch who quits her job because nobody, like, appreciates that she murdered all those people. Yeah. She quits her job, becomes an alcoholic, and now she 
she's she runs with Huntress and Black Canary. Yeah, but like they're in like masks and costumes, and she's still just this like fifty year old woman wearing the same outfit she wore when she was a cop. Yeah, she's not trying to hide her identity or anything. She's yeah. still just punching former people. GCPD detective Renee yeah. Montoya. I'm just saying, like, we are never given a reason to understand why she can hold her own with these other characters who, like, are very obviously incredibly skilled. She just kind of does. So there's some weird stuff in some of the fight scenes, but overall, they're fun. I recommend right. it. Yeah, it, it's it's alright. So let's get into what somehow ended up being the diametrical opposition to Birds of Prey. Yeah. Which is Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog over here. How... Do you want to get into, like, the, the the war online between Birds of Prey fans and Sonic the Hedgehog fans? I think the the really interesting thing is that they've got totally different... These two movies have di- totally different relationships with critics and general audiences. Because general audiences didn't give a fuck about Birds of Prey. Critics were very positive about it. Critics weren't negative about Sonic, but they were a little more lukewarm. Is the critic score like 60% or something? It's, it's technically it's, fresh. It, yeah. It, it, on, on, the, to on the tomatometer. Tomato, yeah. According to the Roger Tomatometer, tomatometer, <laughs> it, uh, it is certified fresh. Yes. Um, but then audiences fucking love Sonic the Hedgehog. It's up at like 90% or some shit yeah. of audiences. Has, which, has, of course, that, that's the that's the mobilized, yeah. uh, militarized, you could argue, Sonic <laughs> fandom. <laughs> militarized? <laughs> yeah, man, they're ready to fucking support this shit. Oh, my God. Um, has, good on them. A whole VFX company fucking died to make this movie. Oh, they sure did. Do you, like, is there more drama beyond that? Like, have there been, like... Have there been flame wars on Twitter? Yeah, there's there's just been a bunch of Twitter arguments between okay. like Prince of Prey fans who are like, the, the one that I keep seeing is like someone tweeted out like grown ass men are going to see the Sonic movie and it's a gif of Sonic flossing. Yeah. And then someone responds with uh it's it's the DC uh streaming service app that Harley Quinn series. Okay. We'll put Harley Quinn flosses. Oh, does she really? Yeah. Oh God. Well, I mean, I will say one thing that's been a little frustrating about, like, the internet's response to Harley Quinn is something that we've been claiming that, like, if you don't go see Harley Quinn, that's just proof that, like, you're not a feminist or you you don't like women or you don't want to see women in films. That's not really fair. I mean, like... I'm a gamer. (laughs) Don't fucking start that. (laughs) Um, Are they wrong? The Harley the, the, the Harley Quinn movie is just not gonna be for everybody, so I think there's been a little bit of a of a like lashing out from people who are frustrated because, understandably, they want to see like women led like superhero team movies and it didn't go super well for this one. But you know, a Harley Quinn movie is not the be all and end all of like social equality, so. I, w- I would take those arguments with a grain of salt. Um, Representation is important. It is. But again, guys, it's, it's it's a movie. Yeah. Well, it's an incredibly corporate product, you know? It's very corporate. It's Warner Brothers we're talking about here. Now, in fairness, um, Margot Robbie produced it, and I know she she was, like, very personally invested in it. So it's and not... There's, there's also, like, a female director as well. Yeah. So yeah. You're, if, you, if you're out there to support, uh, like female-led works in Hollywood, this is yep. definitely a movie you can you can go see. Yeah. But it's also not fair to blame Sonic fans for the movie not performing well. Like, people like what they like. So let's get into Sonic the Hedgehog. <sighs> yeah. 
which I have a much more favorable impression of than Brian does. I wouldn't say that I hated the movie. My general feeling on the movie was more or less, it's okay. Um, I really liked it. I really liked parts of it. And I thought other parts of it were really boring. One of the things that baffled me was that my theater, which was pretty packed when I saw it, was super low energy. Like, very few people laughed at any of the jokes. People were, like, just getting up and, and leaving, like, all the time, you know, like, going to get snacks and stuff. There was one kid who was, like, bouncing up and down in their seat for most of the movie, so that kind of gave me some joy. But, like, for whatever reason, even with the many little kids in my theater, the jokes just weren't landing. Which, from everything I've heard, that's not been other people's experiences with the film. When I saw it, I saw it on a Monday uh, afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, again, apparently I have nothing better to do than go watch a movie on weekdays <laughs> hey, man, by myself. It's for the podcast. It was for the podcast. Um, when I saw it, there was like, I counted, it was 12 people, including me. Okay. Which, whatever. It was like two families and some middle-aged men who I could make some unkind assumptions about. <laughs> that guy's jerked off to Sonic porn. <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's get into the general impressions of the movie. <laughs> uh, I already gave mine, bro. Oh, yes. Alright, I'll, I'll go into it then. Okay. My general impression of it, um, I wasn't looking too forward to it. Uh, there's a text change between Brian and I where I'm, I'm live texting him, like, my feelings as I'm going into the movie. Yeah. And I, I'm... I'm very negative yeah. going into the movie. I probably colored your expectations a little bit there, because I did, when I saw it, I did, like, immediately text you and say, I did not care for that movie. Which, I was being a little bit of a baby. I was being a little too hard on it myself. Um, I came out of it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. I I'm not a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan. I never have been either. I've played a few of the games, you know. Um, I've really watched, I, I watched, uh, I think, Sonic X. Okay. When it was airing on... Oh, yeah! Fucking four kids. Yeah, yeah. Those not, not, the well, days. Fox AM, whatever. Fox Kids, whatever the fuck it I was. guess Fox Kids. I, so I like Sonic X. I didn't watch, like, Sonic Adventures, Sonic mm. Sad AM, any of that. I remember liking Sonic as a kid. The only Sonic game I grew up with was Shadow the Hedgehog. Which <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking opens with him, like, cocking a fucking AK-47 like it's, like, a pump-action... <laughs> fucking toy pump action m16 <laughs> um but no i have gone back i've played like sonic uh sonic 2 sonic and knuckles mm -hmm. most but uh, not well most of like the quote-unquote good titles yeah i went i went and tracked down a few sonic games myself later like sonic colors i have i played um what's it called is it sonic generation yes yeah, Sonic generation is that the one where it's like Classic Sonic and current Sonic yes. in the same game. Okay, I've played that. Um, I feel like there might be another one I've played, but I don't remember. But Sonic and the Black Knight. Sonic Unleashed, the story of a werehog and his boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a boy? I don't think so. <laughs> the boy was me. <gasps> uh, but Sonic has kind of a reputation in recent years for having really like, consistently bad games, specifically the 3D titles. Yeah. That's been changing a little bit, but... 
they've had a few few good ones recently, but yeah, they they <laughs> Sega turned it around by hiring the guy people who made a Sonic fan game, yeah, and then giving it official release. And then they also which... had a fucking OC generator for a game, which was Sonic Forces. That was exactly how to pander to that fan base. Like, good work, marketing team. Yeah, I loved it. That's just a good idea. Anyway, we derailed that conversation. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, Brian. It was alright. I, Dakota, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things we can agree was, like, a positive for the film was Jim Carrey. Oh, he was easily the best part of the movie. Yeah, I would generally say that, too. There were a few times where I was like, okay, Jim, calm down, calm down. But for the most part, he was the most fun part. Oh, I was into it the whole time. Like, I know, I know you said a couple times there were some things you were kind of iffy about with Jim yeah. Carrey. I was in. He was balls to the wall the whole movie, and I was into it the whole time. I mean, I can appreciate that. Like, he is clearly like giving it his all, which an actor like Jim Carrey doesn't always like have to with movies like this. Like, you could easily see an actor like him just be like, "Oh, what the fuck? Sonic the fucking Hedgehog? What? Spell my name right on the check? I don't fucking care." <laughs> <laughs> but like, he he definitely put all of his energy into it. Um, and when it for me when it worked, it worked. Like, all caps worked. Yeah. In the in the fucking mid credit scene, when he goes full Robotnik, that blew me away. He fucking nailed it. It's he doesn't even say that much, but he's he sounded so much like Robotnik. Like he, the impression was spot on, and I really liked the way he looked in that in that outfit with the mustache and the bald head. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it's, great. It's, it's classic like mask. Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey. He's giving yeah. his all. And they, and they, uh, they, I was something I thought was interesting with they, they reconciled the weird disparity. Like, is he Robotnik? Is he Eggman? Like, what's, what's his name? Well, like, he is Dr. Robotnik. And then at, you see Sonic come up with the nickname Eggman in real time because all of his robots are egg shaped. Yeah. But, like, what, wasn't that a thing in Sonic history where for a while they couldn't decide what he was called? Yeah. Like, randomly, they switched him to Dr. Robotnik, I think. Yeah, it was... It goes back and forth. I think it's I think it's Robotnik in the original, like, the original games. Oh, was it? Okay. And then, it, somewhere along, it kills Eggman. I could be completely bullshitting myself on that. I could be, too. I'm not a Sonic expert by any stretch of the imagination. But they definitely go back and forth on Robotnik or Eggman. But yeah, Jim Carrey had... Most of the funniest parts of the movie were Jim Carrey... Um, and a lot of the stuff that, a lot of his bits that made me laugh was stuff that I had laughed at in the trailer and still, like, laughed at again. The cappuccino bit got a genuine laugh out of me. Oh, yeah. Um, even though I had already seen that in the trailer. Yeah, him um, and his assistant. Yeah. Every, every time, they fucking kill it. Yeah. Uh, Ben Schwartz as Sonic did a good job. That's, that's Ben Schwartz, right? Yeah, Ben Schwartz voice yeah. Sonic. Uh, he nailed it. He, he did a great Sonic. He did. It was a... It was, like, a good balance between, like, like kind of, like, cocky and, like, 90s Sonic that you remember and, like, something that doesn't sound quite so, like, dated. Like, he's not going, like, ha, 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 chili dogs, but he is, like, peppy and fun and, yeah. It, it hits all the marks. Yeah. There, there's, of course, there's a chili dog reference. He does eat a chili dog. Several, actually. Which I was, like, staring and, like, smiling real wide at my girlfriend. She had no fucking idea why. Because, like, fucking, these normies don't understand the chili dog jokes. That was for us real gamers. <laughs> oh, I'd like to stop this bit now. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, but, yeah, there's some fun little references in there. Um, James Marsden 
who plays like Tom Wachowski. Yeah. He, he's like he's like the grounded like human character. Yeah, that all of these movies have to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't super hot on him. There is it's obvious at points he's really trying to be like uh, witty. Yeah. And playing off of uh, like Sonic. But yeah. It's also kind of obvious in, in some parts where it's like, it's just him on a green screen and he's trying his damnedest. It's also a little unfortunate because a lot of the like kind of tropey moments happen through him. Like he and his wife are how you learn like lessons about family. And that, that's when I think the movie starts to feel a little like less interesting is when you're like, oh right, this is like a standard kids movie where like, we have to take a minute to like learn about the importance of family and friends and your hometown and yeah you you gotta cram an actual message in there yeah but uh, overall the cast I think was fine Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz were absolutely the standouts the rest were Marsden was fine the woman who played his wife she was okay yeah she was all right uh, Natasha Rothwell plays. Uh the mother-in-law mother-in-law it's uh for marston's character no that's his sister-in-law did it i thought it was that was mom no the you mean the lady with the kid who gets like tied to a chair yeah yeah no i'm pretty sure that's his wife's sister oh well yeah i didn't like her regardless yeah. Uh, Adam yep. Pally, who plays Wade, the other cop in town, fuck him. No, nothing, none of his shit worked. It, it was the incompetent local cop, but, like, not even comically incompetent. It was just, like, yeah. how'd you get this fucking job? I got a massive kick out of at the end when this fucking hedgehog from space has a Super Saiyan battle with a fucking crazy man and a floating death machine. And all the townspeople, it's the Spider-Man saying, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, it's the fucking Spider-Man scene. But then, after all this crazy shit happens, they're all just like, all right, back it up, people. And they just fucking leave. I'm like, there's a space hedgehog here. Everyone just accepts that Sonic is part of the community now. Yeah, also fucking James Mars' character has been plastered all over TV as like a terrorist. <laughs> And I kind of appreciated the like the hometown vibe. We're like we don't we don't care what the government says. We we know Tom. We love Tom. You know I kind of appreciated that. Like that's a like it's a sweet sentiment, but it's also like maybe that doesn't make a ton of logical sense. Not really. No. It is a kids movie though. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to remember this is a kids movie. Yeah. That two guys in their twenties went and saw on a weekday. Yes. Separately. Separately. <laughs> <laughs> We should get into the uh, the CG and, of course, you know, the the famous redesign. Yes. Thank fucking God they did this. Sonic looks so much better. Yes. I was, like most people, terrified at, like, quote-unquote real Sonic. Mm-hmm. Looked fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, redesigned Sonic 100 times better. Yeah. There were some parts of the movie I just want to touch on real quick. Like, there were some parts of the movie, especially around uh, the lip syncing, mm-hmm. where it doesn't feel super, like, on point, which yeah. is to be expected, because yeah. they, they basically redid, like, one of the main characters. Yes. So I, I caught some slack on that, but it, yeah. it some, some of the CG looks kind of jarring. Yeah. And 
there was one point, I think it's when he was running through Egypt. Okay. Where I, I maybe this is me being paranoid, but I, I thought I could tell where, like, the original footage was and where the redesign jumps in. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, There were a few moments where I couldn't tell if this was a result of redoing the CG or just blips in the process early on, but, like, a couple times when he and James Marsden are in the car together, I was like, he is not looking at that hedgehog, like, right. Like, his eyes are not quite pointing where they should be. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if, like, the height had changed or if that was just a genuine, like, problem in the actual filming. Oh, and sometimes when he was, like... Sometimes when he was holding Sonic, there'd be, like, a blanket draped over Sonic, so it was just, like, a prop, you could tell. But, like, other times it was just CG in his hands, you know? And you could tell that there was no weight there. You could tell where the, where the, where the weight is and where it isn't. Yeah, this was not Thanos. You know, it wasn't, like, seamless, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, all things considered, they did a wonderful job. Yeah. I can't remember what VFX studio did it, but they're fucking dead now. They went bankrupt because of this. Yeah. Well, and also, I do worry that this is going to seriously affect the future of this movie because, like, it was expensive to redo all that. That's so much of the movie that they had to redo. Oh, yeah. So, like, a l- the budget, like, I don't have exact numbers, but I imagine it increased considerably beyond their expectations. Oh, it had to. Luckily, the movie's been performing way better than anybody expected. Like, I think it got, like, $20 million more upon, like, its opening weekend than uh, they were projecting. Um, yeah, it's doing way better than anyone really expected it to. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of good competition, frankly. Exactly, because it's, like, it's Birds of Prey, it's... Which, by the way, like, totally different audience anyway. That's R-rated. Yeah. This is a kid's movie. Very you know? R-rated. Hard R-rated. Yeah. And there's holdovers from January... Which is a notorious dumping ground for movies. Yes. Bad Boys for Life is still in theaters for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's other stuff. I think there's a horror movie out right now. It's not, yeah, it's not, nothing memorable. Right. But one of the things that does worry me is that despite performing so much better than expected, that it still will, will not make a profit back because of those redesigns. I think you're going to get a sequel no matter what because, like, I think they're kind of blown away by the reception for the movie. But... I can at least, even if it wasn't my favorite movie, I can, like, admire it, and I, I hope that it does make its money back. And they clearly had, like, fun with it, too. Like, the Paramount thing at the beginning, they used rings instead of the stars around the logo. Yeah. I was like, that's fun. Like, you guys, you guys, like, decided to have fun with, with this movie, and you took it seriously instead of, you know, it could have been, like, just like I said with Jim Carrey, where they could have said, eh, it's a dumb kids movie, kids will see it no matter what. Yeah. But they, they did put effort into it. So... Unfortunately, although it has these things to a much lesser extent than Birds of Prey, there are some weird storytelling decisions and voiceover problems in this movie, I thought. My eyes rolled back into my head so fast for that brief opening segment. What What's her name? Longclaw the Owl? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, like, what is yeah. this shit? Uh, I took notes on this movie, and one of my notes was Longclaw doesn't exist in the games or this movie for longer than three minutes. Yeah. She's only there... She's there to give Sonic the rings yeah. and get him out of Green Hill Zone into uh, Green Hill, California. <laughs> <laughs> they Yeah, I thought that was funny. They wanted to give him, like, a cheesy, tragic backstory, but, like, because you don't know the character at all and it's so, like, weirdly goofy... You know, it doesn't really work. Um, I didn't... It's Green Hill, Montana. My bad. Yes. Yeah. 
and I didn't hear kids going like, oh, Longclaw, or anything like that. Yeah, no, nobody fucking care about Longclaw. Seeing Baby Sonic was fun. I was like, oh, he's cute. But this, like, weird thing about, like, everywhere he goes, people want his power, and there's these weird, like, tribal animals with, like, spears and arrows and stuff. Longclaw fucking dies. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I think they were echidnas. Were they? That could be. That's, that, a, that's, that's a part vibe, of the lore. That's yeah. the vibe I got is that I, I thought they were a tribe of echidna. Okay, that's possible. I just thought that most of that stuff wasn't necessary. You could have started in the modern day and, like, given that some of that, like, exposition incidentally as you went. Yeah. Um, I just thought it's not a huge deal. It's, like I said, it's not nearly as bad as Birds of Prey, but I thought it could have been handled better. Um, again, not a huge fan of voiceover, although I think Ben Schwartz did a great job. I thought he was very charming. Never really felt like the voiceover contributed to the movie. No, not really. Those are... Relatively like, minor points. Yeah, because, like, Birds of Prey, like, the voiceover, like, was built into the first act, so it, yeah. it, 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 it was forced to have weight. Yes, yeah. Whereas we could have gone without it with, uh, with Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Part of my thing is, like, you delivered so much exposition through voiceover anyway that why did you have to have that, like, that first scene with Longclaw, it feels, like, really disjointed and separate from the rest of the film. Um, like, that easily could have been omitted if you were going to spend so much time, like, beating us over the head with the narration. Um, that said, one of, like, one of the first scenes after the long class stuff is really fun with, uh, James Marsden's character with this, uh, the little, whatchamacallit? The speed gun. The speed gun, yeah. He's sitting in, in, in a little speed trap with a speed gun, uh, waiting for cars to come by and Sonic's fucking with him. I thought it was fun! I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this will be a fun movie. Yeah, then we get a little montage of Sonic running around and, like, pretending to be part of the society there. Yes, yeah. I thought it was fun how he, like, had, quote-unquote, friends that... He was really just, like, spying on. Yeah. Because he's, like, lonely as fuck. Yeah, speaking of weird storytelling decisions, he does floss in this movie. <laughs> Which, uh, that joke didn't age super well. No, it's already old. Yeah. I I was not the only one going, oh, in, in my theater. Yeah, and you know how it's, it's old because I, I know how to floss now. <laughs> Usually there's about a year. Yeah, like, I finally figured it out. So Usually it takes that, that about a year for go. that update, yeah. There is kind of an elephant in the room that I think we need to address with this movie. It's not, like, a horrible sin, but it is very blatant. And that is the ass loads of product placement. There was nothing but, like, real-world products in this movie. We already kind of made fun of this before the podcast, but one of them in particular that I thought was really like poorly handled and punny was when we find out that Marsden's character's got the job and his wife has already been searching for a new place to live in um LA is it San Francisco San Francisco that's it and he says wait what, what are you talking about you know places to live and she goes yes I've been looking for new apartments on Zillow and she turns around, and the camera fucking focuses on a laptop screen with the Zillow homepage for, like, 10 to 20 seconds. Like, it's, like, a real, like, it's pretty fucking obvious. It's very obvious. Just the way she said it sounded like a commercial. On Zillow! Look yeah. At the, look at the homepage! There's some other stuff. Olive Garden is brought up many times. <laughs> <laughs> the last time it's brought up is pretty funny. I can't lie. The, the, the payoff... It, the proclamation is so blatant yeah. that it wraps back around to being a great joke. Yeah. There's also the scene where they're, like, fighting from inside the truck. Every time, like, a robot comes up alongside the truck, they make sure to have the robot... Like, the shot starts 
as the robot goes past the logo on the truck. Yeah. So you see the logo like 40 times in that yeah, scene. Yeah, so you really know that he's driving a Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> Probably a 2019. That is a pretty fun sequence, though. Um, that, was, that, that whole that whole stretch of highway was great. Yeah. When when they let Sonic do like actiony fun speed stuff, that was usually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, when it was just him and James Marsden just riffing yeah. against each other. Yeah. That's when the movie kind of took a dip for me. Yeah. Or when Sonic fucking dies. <laughs> Sonic dies like three times in this movie. That is valid. You are correct. And I'm really upset that not once did they play the sound it makes when he gets hit and he loses all his rings. Although, one of the times he does lose... Well, it's not when he dies, but there is that time when he, like, falls and he does lose his rings. I, I, I kind of expect, like, the noise. Yeah, I know, I know. But, I know. yeah, whatever. I did like the little, hey, I guess I had an extra life, that little gag. That, that, was, that was funny. There was another part of me, though, that was like, if this man can't handle one little bomb going off in his vicinity, how are he going to fight anything? Exactly. Were, were you expecting to see... Supersonic in this movie, because I kind of was. I was waiting for yeah, I was waiting for them to pull out some maybe not the cast arm rolls, but some supersonic bullshit. Well, because there's there is a moment at the end, and it's foreshadowed like they earned it. Um, but there's a moment at the end where he like powers up and gets glowy and super strong. Um, and for a brief second, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna fucking pull out Supersonic. But I do wonder if, like, mainstream audience might be like, what the fuck? Why is Sonic a Super Saiyan <laughs> now? Why Dragon Ball Z in my Sonic movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're kind of left with one big final question, which a lot of people have been debating. Uh, how does this stack up to other video game movies? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start with this, just yeah. so I can jump right out there and say, this is the best video game adaptation movie. It's at least the best one that we've seen. I have still not seen Detective Pikachu, amazingly. I'm pretty confident I would like Detective Pikachu more, partly because I'm biased and nostalgic for Pokemon. But I also think that movie... I don't know. I don't want to say that like the general consensus would automatically be my consensus, but I think the general consensus about Detective Pikachu was less divisive. Yeah. Um, nobody was saying it was, like, a great movie, but I thought it was, you know, generally lauded as being, like, fun. Yeah. Um, whereas critics were a little more lukewarm on Sonic. We might get back to you if we ever see... You've never seen Detective Pikachu either, have you? Neither have I, no. Okay, so... I would say, having not seen Detective Pikachu, yes, this is probably the best ever video game movie. Um, the bar's pretty low. It's very low. But this was a fun enough movie. Like, the scale goes from, like... Postal, at the end, his Uwe mm. Boll movie, which he's notorious for being a really shitty, if dedicated director. Okay. And the other end, the other end, I, I would probably put Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Maybe Detective Pikachu, I haven't seen it yet. Right. And somewhere in the middle, there's, like, Super Mario Brothers movie, there's, like, the Assassin's Creed movie, which I forgot was a fucking thing. Did that actually come Rambling. out? Yeah, it did. Oh my god. There's supposedly still a Last of Us movie in the works. That's just the game. I know. Well, that's the thing. Is the Bam! G- the game's already a movie. Yeah, so like, fuck you guys. I mean, it is a good movie. Yeah. But it is, but it, you know, there's almost no point in making a movie out of it. Exactly. I do have a feeling we're about to see, like, a renaissance in video game movies, though. Nintendo, I believe, still has a Mario movie in the works with Illumination 
Entertainment. Oh my God, that's right. That, that that's that's exactly right. Yeah, which for anybody who doesn't know, that's that's the studio who's behind Minions and Despicable Me, which is a little uncomfortable. But um, I'd like to think that they'll make a decent enough Mario movie. I They're... swear to God, if Mario flosses, I'll fucking leave. <laughs> I would like. I'm I'm hoping by then they would know better, because that that's. I mean, we haven't even seen like anything from that yet. We just know that the deal was signed. Yeah. Um. But I'm pretty sure they intend to make, like, a Zelda movie and a Metroid movie eventually, which, the Metroid movie's just gonna be Alien, which is complicated, which, because, like, really Alien, find. Alien was a major inspiration for it, but, yeah, I still would be interested in seeing that, but, for the time being, I, I do think this comfortably stands as probably, at least a strong contender for the best. Um, now, if we were to talk about other adaptations of video games, like Castlevania, the show, this is nowhere close to Castlevania. Oh. Probably, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I <laughs> yeah. got... Yeah, you oh, got yeah. excited. Except, wait, I didn't fucking watch it. Because that's because friends get excited about things that excite their friends. I'm just supporting you, bud. Thanks, bro. Um, that said, Castlevania is also like a horrifying bloodbath. So, like, it's not really, like, it's kind of apples and oranges. So, Brian, is there anything else you want to talk about? about at, well, at this point, either Birds of Prey or Sonic the Hedgehog. I guess, well, I actually do kind of have one more thing about Sonic. Every once in a while, they, they do these sequences where he goes fast, because he's got to go fast. Yeah, go fast. But everything slows down around him. Oh, yeah, they did the X-Men, like, Quicksilver yes. scenes. And I wanted to point out that, like, they completely ripped off the Quicksilver moments from, from like, Days of Future Past. However, they're really fun. Yeah. The, like, the bar... Although, sometimes, like, the bar fight, I thought... After a while, I was kind of like, okay, I get the point. Like, this is fun. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. But it, it it was ultimately, like, fun to see how he fights in a world where everybody is so fucking slow compared to him. Although, he did break a man's fucking neck. He did? The guy with the... He put the bear head on the guy, and he fucking flew through the window... And then when you see him, and like in a later scene, he's got a neck brace on. Oh my god! Yeah, and then Eggman throws him through the window again. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Good shit. But uh, that... well, it's a lower body count than Birds of Prey. There is no contest. Sonic killed way more people. I'm kidding. Robotnik. <laughs> all right, all right. There's one thing I want to get into real quick. Yeah. Robotnik's got a fucking body count. Yeah, does he? The way he flies to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, Sonic, yeah. There's no goddamn way he didn't hit a couple pedestrians. Yeah, that is true. And he blew up the fucking Sphinx. But then when Sonic was on the pyramids, he was like, hey, that's one of the seven wonders of the world or something like and that. And he fucking shoots it. Yeah. Like, what an animal. That right? man. Yeah. Rock Connison! <laughs> bad fucking joke but, but it did it make works. me it did make me laugh though because jim carrey's not just chewing the scenery yeah. he's fucking devouring it yeah. that's when he's at his best yeah i i'm, I'm sorry I'm, i really fucking like jim carrey in this movie it's the most i've liked jim carrey in anything in a long time but anyway i think we've probably wrapped up about all we have to say on this topic next week we'll be back to probably discuss some animal crossing news among other things so thanks for tuning in and watching i'm brian who you can find nowhere. And I'm Dakota, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at DakRustyFor. And uh, thank you to the three of you who reliably listen. It means a lot. Peace out.